how are you now? We're back, baby. How are you now? Now you've probably heard me say this line before. We talking about practice. We talking about practice in the strictest sense of the word practice because we are here today uh, or the, tonight or this morning, whenever it is that you're listening to this, to talk about the scrimmages, uh, the first day of scrimmages at Montreal Canadiens training camp. Hello and welcome to a special training camp episode of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and uh, I'm excited for this season. I gotta say, I'm excited for hockey to be back. You know, you get into that dead zone uh, of sports for a while where all you've got is baseball to watch. For me personally, anyways, that's the only sport that I have for most of the summer. Football comes back. Hockey comes back. Baseball's still there. It's an excellent time for sports. A fantastic time for sports. And the Montreal Canadiens just so happened to have had a couple of scrimmages today. So wanted to do a quick episode to talk about those and I'm not going to structure these this is gonna be a little bit different than regular bottom six minutes because number one there's two separate games number two they run two periods per game uh, two 30 minute periods where they do running time so they don't stop the clock uh, penalties don't lead to power plays there are they're treated instead or penalized instead with a penalty shot which is a chase down penalty shot. So everybody lines up the one guy who's taking the penalty shot he goes to the puck everybody else lines up at the far blue line and they chase him down while he's doing the penalty shot so it's a little weird and uh, I think going through a recap of you know goal by goal would be a little bit awkward for me so instead what we're going to do is I'm just going to kind of go through the two games who impressed me who did what uh, and I'll throw up some highlights that I did manage to clip uh, on Eyes on the Prize in the article that'll be out tomorrow morning as of me writing this, or as of me recording this anyway, that'll be tomorrow morning by the time that's out. So first scrimmage was Team A versus Team B. Um, I think it was A versus B anyways. I don't know. They're just wearing red and white. So for me, I don't really care about what their you know, letters are for the team. But anyways, the one thing that stood out right off the jump in that game was they put Joshua Watt on a line with Kirby Doc and Sean Monaghan. Uh, so first and foremost, Josh Mahouad didn't look out of place at all. He jumped on one of the he jumped on a loose puck after one of those penalty shot attempts and put one in the net. And he had instant chemistry with Kirby Doc and Sean Monahan. Um, I don't know. You don't want to read too much into scrimmage lines, right? I don't think that that's necessarily a line that they're eyeing to start the season with. But it's interesting to me that they put Mahouad with two guys who are clear cut making the lineup undeniable they're going to be there you know monahan's a veteran doc clearly somebody they invested a lot of capital in and that they see as a big part of their future so it was telling to me that he was there it means he's going to get a legitimate chance to make this team and based on the way that line performed and based on the way that he performed on that line i think he's going to make it an extremely difficult decision to send him back to laval to start this year i mean he was right there with them. He was making. Uh, he was filling the right lanes. He was forechecking very well. Um, he was backchecking very well. He was playing good in the defensive zone. Um, he did everything that you could have possibly asked him to do, and he did it very well. I know I'm a broken record with this at this point, but do not be surprised if this kid somehow pushes his way into a roster spot. I know things are getting a little bit crowded in the forward group uh, now that they added Tanner Pearson, who played as well today, by the way. Um, but getting a little bit crowded. Um, but not so crowded that it's impossible for him to make that jump. Um, 
he actually had a quote about it as well. So they asked him about it and he was talking to the media and he said that that's his goal. That's what he wants to do. Anything can happen in camp and he's going to push as hard as possible to try and get a roster spot. So more power to him. One of my favorite prospects, as we know. And uh, I'm, I'm looking to see more of that from him uh, moving forward. We'll see if he can keep that going in the uh, subsequent scrimmages that are to come because I don't know if they're going to keep that line together throughout the course uh, of the scrimmages. I imagine they're going to shake some things up here and there. Now, while that personally was very exciting for me to see, I got to say the most impressive player on the ice in that first scrimmage was Leah Anderson. Uh, he came out from the very first drop of the puck, skating incredibly hard, incredibly fast. He's forechecking hard. He's doing everything at 150 kilometers per hour. He is trying to earn himself a spot on this team. And it's something that he has to do. Right, He obviously came out of a situation LA Kings were content to kind of just leave him in the minors. And he had a very good season in the minors last year. But this is a guy who's really got to like pick up the pace if he wants to earn himself an NHL job. And pick up the pace he absolutely did in that first scrimmage. Like I said, probably the most impressive player on the ice on either side. And uh, that effort level is going to serve him well. You know, Martin Saint-Louis is the kind of coach that when he sees a player... You know, working his bag off like that in a in a camp scrimmage, um, a guy who has played in the NHL before. Um, I want to say that he's never been in more than like twenty or so games in the NHL in a single season, but you know he's been there. He's been there. He's been around two different teams in his career so far, um, and he's still pretty young. He's under twenty five. So uh, like. This is a guy that if he keeps that kind of effort coming on a day in day out basis at camp, he could very well push for a roster spot too. I, I think he's going to make it tough to send him down to Laval. Um, and I believe he requires waivers as well. So, uh, you know, that's another consideration. But he was excellent in that game. Um, and he got a goal as well off of a Michael Pezzetta shot. Uh, Pezzetta put one on net and Anderson just drove right to the slot, put it in. Um, impressive. Played hard. Uh, you got to love it. Uh, this is one of the best things about watching any of the camp scrimmages. Is always guys that put in that little extra effort because they know they need to in order to secure a roster spot. So, Leah Sanderson um, could absolutely be a dark horse to um, shoot into that Habs lineup, you know, at the very start of the year. And I talked earlier about, you know, shaking things up possibly. Like maybe uh, going into the next scrimmages, they might want to move some guys around on the lines just to see how people work together. And Leah Sanderson is one of those players that, you know, maybe they want to give him uh, some top six guys here and there see what he can do with some of the more elite players on the Habs lineup or on the Habs roster. Uh, because, you know, based on the effort level that he's bringing so far, I think he stands a pretty good chance of, of cracking this roster. And you might want to just be able to see, you know, who does he work best with. And, of course, when we're going to talk about elite players on the Montreal Canadiens roster, would not be complete without me mentioning that Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield were both on the ice for that first scrimmage. Uh, Suzuki had... Uh, a good game. Uh, I don't think he was. I, I don't think he was going 110. percent If if uh, I'm not trying to to dog his effort level or anything there, I thought I thought he looked good. He made some nice plays with the puck, uh, some nice plays without the puck. Uh, but it was just you know you could tell that he was treating it very much as I'm getting ready for the season, not I'm trying to go out there and put on a show. Cole Caulfield, on the other hand, he was clearly uh, wanting to put the puck into the net. He hasn't done that in a little while obviously, uh, because he was injured to uh, miss most of last season. But he came in to that game wanting to put one in, and he did eventually. And it was from a fucking absurd angle. 
I, I will have a highlight of this up. It's already up on my Twitter, so if you haven't seen it yet, let me describe it for you. He goes into the corner and gets the puck. He comes out of the corner, right? And you're thinking, you know, most shooters, what they want to do is get out a little bit higher, maybe at least up to the faceoff dot. Not Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield skates up not even to the bottom of the faceoff circle and just looks at the net and goes, yeah, fuck it. I can score from here. Shoots. He is basically on the goal line when he lets the puck go and somehow puts that thing in the net. He's scoring 40 goals this season. The only thing that will stop him from scoring 40 goals is another injury. So, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. I was talking to my buddy on the phone earlier, and I said 45. That's my number. I think he's going to hit 45. Um, He's got confidence. He had a play at one point where he was coming down the ice, and he tried to make a move, and it didn't work. And I forget who the defenseman was, but the defenseman kind of like leaned on him and pushed him off the puck a little bit, and then Caulfield dropped his stick, and... He got pissed off, and he was, like, pushing the guy. Uh, he wanted it in this game. He wanted it bad. So, And I don't think this is about him, obviously, earning a lineup spot. He's got that locked up. It's not going to be an issue of whether or not Cole Caulfield's going to play. I think he's trying to prove something to himself out there. I think he's just fired up to get going. And that's why when I was on the phone with my buddy, I said, you know, 45. That's my mark. I think he's going to hit it. Um, so it was a good game from those two. Um, they actually had Emil Heineman as their as their third on that trio. He does not work there. Um, I'm just not that he played bad. He played fine. Um, I think he's a good player. I think he's got a shot as well at, at cracking the lineup at some point. If not right away, he'll probably be uh, an attractive call up option for them during the season. But um, I just don't think he works with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield at all. I don't think he's the right player type to skate with those two so uh, I'd like to see that change I'd like to see them give Joshua a shot there I've been kind of beating that drum for a little while but we'll see what they do Uh, I just don't think that Heinemann's going to be that guy I think they need to try out some more people during the course of camp Um, see who really fits outside of that pretty pedestrian game Um, Jared Davidson scored a really nice goal actually he had a good exchange up near the blue line with uh, Arbor Jacki kind of went into the high slot and just ripped one Uh, really liked that goal really liked that shot from Jared Davidson um outside of that yeah pretty pedestrian game but there was definitely a lot to like uh again chief among them Roy, leah sanderson uh doc kirby doc looked very good as well i, I don't think i really talked enough about how good he looked on that line i think he was a big part of uh, joshua Roy's success in that game sean monahan looks good looks healthy looks ready to go and uh i liked it i enjoyed the first scrimmage the second scrimmage this part of the podcast is going to be a little bit shorter because I'll be fully honest with you guys. I missed the first period of it. Uh, during that first period, apparently, what I did miss was a fantastic goal by Alex Newhook. Um, I will get the highlight. I know my buddy Mark Dumont has uh, has it up on his Twitter, so I'm going to put that in the article as well if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, but just went flying through the neutral zone, gets into the offensive zone, and snipes one. And during that second period where I watched, he was by far the most impressive player on either side. Except for maybe Caden Gooley. Caden Gooley in that second period was, it was a masterclass of controlling a game from the point. Uh, Every single time the puck was anywhere near him, he was making great plays. Um, He didn't get any points, but that's not a big deal. That's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for from Caden Gooley is just that, again, look healthy, uh, look like you're ready to go, look like you can go out there and be a top four defenseman. And Every single thing that I saw from him in that scrimmage suggested that he's ready. A lot more ready than he was last year to step into that top four role. Maybe some of that was that trial by fire that he got put into last year where he had to go in there and eat minutes that he was nowhere near ready for uh, on a shitty team and 
playing with David Savard as your partner, who's also not really a top-pairing defenseman. Um, I, I think he's closer now to being ready for that top-pairing defenseman role. He looks healthy and, again, controlling the game from the point. Um, I'm excited to see how he keeps that going for the rest of it. Owen Beck was also very impressive in that second game. There was a play at one point where he goes down in the offensive zone, uh, loses the puck while he's trying to make a move to get into the middle. And you see him after, when he loses the puck, when he gets it knocked off of him, he looks down at the ice like he's pissed and just starts fucking churning his legs to get back in coverage. Excellent back check, man. He's chasing everybody down the ice. He gets all the way down to the end. Uh, it was Yoel Armia who came into the offensive zone with the puck, and he chases him all the way down into the corner and turns the puck back over for his team. I absolutely love those kinds of plays because it shows, number one, it shows responsibility right? I made a mistake. I'm going to go fix that mistake. Number two, it shows work ethic. How many guys are skating their bag off like that for a back check in a camp scrimmage that doesn't matter in a camp where you're projected by almost everybody to eventually be cut and sent back to the OHL? This guy either wants to make the team or this is just what he does. And from all the time that I've watched Owen Beck play, this is just what he does. He takes defensive responsibility extremely seriously. And he's your he's your next Arturi Lekkinen, except he plays center. He could be, you know, he, he has that defensive potential to potentially be a guy that might even be in the Selkie conversation one day. I, I know that's high praise, and I'm being a little bit hyperbolic at this point because we're talking about a camp scrimmage, right? But th- these are things that Owen Beck does well on a regular basis. I don't think these are things that he's doing just to try and get his name uh, on that roster. Th- this is who he is, and um, we should be excited to see him doing this at an NHL camp. Outside of that, um, Jake Evans scored a nice goal, assisted by Yoel Armia. So I was <laughs> watching that one, and I was like, hey, fourth line going on right there. We can get some scoring out of our fourth line this year. Maybe we won't suck as bad as we did last year. Um, and finally, the last one that I want to talk about is uh, Quentin Miller. Quentin Miller was magnificent in net. Talked about him during the rookie showcase, right? He was arguably, you know what, I'll say inarguably, the best goaltender or the most impressive goaltender for the Habs at the rookie showcase when he played. He was also the most impressive goaltender today at the scrimmages. So take from that what you will. I don't know what the future holds for Quentin Miller. I know he's going back to junior this year for sure. He should be finally getting a chance to uh, to own the net for the, the Rampal de Quebec. And if he gets to play a little bit more, I think he'd be able to really show everybody what it is that he can do because he's so fundamentally sound in the net that I think he would have gone higher in the draft if he got to play more last year. But it is what it is, right? If you were the backup goaltender for a Memorial Cup champion, right, you know you're not going to get the opportunity to really show what you can do. You're getting a lot of back-to-back games. You're getting a lot of uh, you know non-key games, and you're not getting a lot of games in general. So the ones that you get into, you have to really show yourself off. And I think he did enough of that to impress the Montreal Canadiens. But I think if he was playing, let's say even forty percent, forty-five percent of the games, I think he would have gone much higher in the draft. Um, you know, fundamentally sound goaltenders like that with size. They don't come around all the time. Very impressed with him at that scrimmage. I want to see more. I want to see more. 
I'd like to see him get a preseason game even. I don't think, I don't know if that's going to happen. That might be a little bit too much to ask. But I would, frankly, I'd love to see him get a preseason game. Just give him a taste, right? Let's, 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 let's stretch this kid out a little bit and see what he can do. And you can, you know, you could come at me all you want and say, hey, you don't want to ruin a kid's confidence uh, coming in, putting him, uh, he's barely even been a starter. He hasn't even been a starter in junior yet, and you want to give him an NHL preseason game? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I do. I absolutely do because you can, you know, mitigate that a little bit. Talk to the guy beforehand and let him know, hey, go out there and have fun. Nobody gives a flying fuck if you lose this game. We could lose this game eight to two, right? It's 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 win or learn in the preseason. There's no losing. Nobody gives a shit. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, I talked about all the players that were impressive to me. Who was impressive to you? Have your say in the comments in my article on Habs Eyes and the Prize. We are running uh, a little over 17 minutes for this one. So c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine. God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+.